Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thanks to HelloFresh for supporting the instance. Go to HelloFresh.com slash WOW12 and use the code WOW12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. And we want to thank Amazon Pharmacy for supporting the show. Amazon Pharmacy makes it easy to order your prescriptions and have them delivered straight to your door. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash WOWRX. Listening to the instance. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the instance. This is the instance episode 638, and it is Friday, May 14th, 2021. I'm Scott Johnson, joined by and with Garrett Weinzerl. Hello, Garrett. Happy Friday, Scott. Hey, man. Uh, I hope you're doing well. I noticed something yesterday. I was looking at the um, uh, the iTunes, uh, the old iTunes rankings. You know, I do that sometimes, kind of rarely, but once in a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, that used to be a thing you'd check all the time. And back when the instance was like one and two in the games category, it would be a thing I'd sort of pay attention to all the time. But uh, these days, I don't worry about it as much. There's a lot of other ways people get their podcasts that have nothing to do with iTunes. And so it's less of an issue. But um, I had forgotten just how many shows. Some of them aren't active anymore. A lot of them aren't. But just how many shows in the intervening years popped up that claim to be World of Warcraft shows? There are so many in there now. <laughs> There's so many. It's like thousands. And, and again, tons of them aren't running. A lot of them faded a long time ago, whatever. But it's crazy. If you haven't been paying attention, like when I started, there were like four. And there's a lot now. Hundreds at least. So thank you for choosing this airline because we know you have a choice, everybody out there. We know you have many choices in your World of Warcraft podcast. Uh, fewer if you count the ones that are still putting up new episodes, but oh, we're glad right. that you chose us. Yeah, slightly fewer than just a couple of days ago. Uh, I was sorry uh, to hear about the hiatusing of uh, WoW Killer. Don't me but... talk about that. <laughs> we're not bringing it up here. Dude, dude I, oh, God. Well, you brought it up. Um, dude, I've gotten... I mean, you and I have killed some shows. Yeah, I've done it before. This is not new territory for mm-hmm. either of us. All no. right, so... It so, happens. so, so the long and short of it is my other, my other wild show, wow killer that I did with Tally Essen. Uh, we were there for four weeks where we could not sync our schedules. Yeah. It was impossible. Dude's in London. I'm time, in Florida. Yeah, time, a bit is of hard, time, time is hard. And, uh, yeah. And so, so I was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of over my anxiety threshold for being wildly inconsistent. <laughs> I think it might be time to maybe put this on pause and, yeah. and he agreed. And, uh, anyway, decided to kill it. And, um, like I said, I've killed many shows in the past yeah i've got dude the wow community is like the nicest mofos on the planet they can be i've gotten so many messages i've <laughs> never got a i've never gotten this many messages before when i've ever killed a damn thing but yeah. also like they're gut-wrenching yeah so many people are being so kind and say these are the nicest things i've ever read anyone say about me i haven't read one i've read every single message that's come in and none of it has been mean that's good um that's really cool so actually. like y'all y'all are breaking my heart oh y'all are breaking my heart but but 
but we're you know we still have the instance which yeah which makes plus me, plus makes you know rest in um h which is hiatus you know who knows maybe one day that thing springs wings again you never know you never say never yeah. in this world yeah t- uh, telly and i we had we had some words on mm-hmm. on potential future ways to to resurrect it but yeah. but at the moment it's uh, it's going back into the phylactery maybe one day wild killer will rise <laughs> as a lich nice anything anything to do with the phylactery and i am in uh, all right. Well, we're going to dive right in. We got stuff to talk about today. I got a few things coming up. Your burning crusade is burning. I can smell it. And uh, oh yeah, there's uh, there's ointments for that, but you gotta get a lot of uh, uh, basilisk guys. Yeah, and I don't like them. So maybe the it's no good. We'll use the ladies out in the uh, hellfire ladies. I call them the ones that are the big tall ladies with the uh, the multiple arms that look like Shiva with the body from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I like those ladies. Those guys are good. <laughs> Well, today we found out uh, what what Scott likes. Yep. Burning Crusade memories, baby. All right. We got a few things to dive into in our side quest today. Let's start with this one. Um, we have another example of an island of brand new uh, people. Well, not brand new people, but ex-Blizzard people and some ex-other developers, including Epic, some big names from Epic, have splintered off and begun building their own games. Uh, this week, it feels like it's almost weekly now. It's in the form of a company called Lightforge Games. Uh, these guys have already raised $5 million bucks in investment, and they aim to, quote, mesh elements from Minecraft or Roblox with tabletop RPGs. Now, some people have heard that and went, Ugh, what we, that sounds weird. That's not my game. I don't understand. Um, I, think, I think maybe there's people are putting a little too much into that. Um, they, they clearly have seen, well, let's, let me put it this way. We know how popular Minecraft is. Roblox is out of control popular with a certain demographic. Like, do all the the insane. only thing that's missing from this buzzword wise yeah. is roguelike. Yeah, like they, it's like what's popular with the kids these days. Yeah. Let's slam it in here so we get investors. They also said something about, um, our, you know, our plan is to rethink RPGs from the ground up, whatever the heck that means. Uh, so this is a group of former Epic and Blizzard uh, developers, and they announced that formation uh, two days ago, I guess. I guess it's been two days. Yeah, uh, Glenn Rain is gone from Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, is, is part of the news here. He's been uh, a lead artist uh, on Blizzard as a whole forever. I yep. interviewed him when I went to art school. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's been there since, uh, I don't have the date, but a long, long time Blizzard dude and is now art director for this company. Uh, among some other names, here's the other founding uh, members of the team. We've got uh, Shambari. His first name is. I gotta find it. Where did it go? I lost it. Here it is. Matt. Matt Shambari. He is your CEO, um, and he is a ex Blizzard and ex um, uh, Epic guy. So he's been in both places. I think eight years at at uh, Blizzard and another four at Epic, and now this. Anyway, uh, they'll have studio director Nathan Fairbanks, engineer director. Dan Hertzka, and as we mentioned, Glenn Rain in the art position, and product designer Mark Hutcherson. And the studio's website emphasizes, quote, a culture of empathy, honesty, and growth. That's one of the interesting things about this thing. We don't have any games yet, like anybody else who's done this. We don't have Dreamhaven games yet. We don't have Bonfire games yet. We don't, I mean, really, the closest thing to a game we have is <laughs> Metzen's D&D Sourcebook, which comes out after this Kickstarter ends. Outside of that and uh, War Chief Gaming, none of these have any kind of products yet. Nothing to announce, nothing to release, nothing with a timeline. However, what makes these guys slightly unique, I think, is they've gone uh, to great lengths in their initial announcement to describe the kind of company they want to build. 
And they've already been at it for about 10 months. Nobody knew this, but they were quietly sort of building it, getting that funding, all that stuff was happening sort of behind the scenes. But there's a couple of tenets here that I thought were interesting. One is this inclusion idea, this fairness idea, this diversity idea. Not that other companies aren't trying to do this, but they're kind of founding that on those principles. And part of that is, um, and in an interview, he goes into great detail about this, but I'll try to sum it up. Basically, they don't want people to have to uproot their lives to join a video game development company the way traditionally that works. And all of these guys have sort of been through that where you get the job, you have to sell your house or get out of your apartment, break your lease, somehow get across the country, uh, all the costs involved with that, leaving your family uh, or, you know, whatever family you were leaving, that sort of stuff to get the job done. And then a lot of times in this industry, you work on the one game and then half you half of you get laid off or you get moved to another studio or or whatever and you got to uproot your life again and they believe and i think they're onto something that we don't need to do that so much anymore especially for small developers they don't need to do this you know i would remind people the entire ori games those two ori games will of the wisps and the one before it made entirely remotely even outside the pandemic it was before the pandemic that first game um that team figured out how to make a triple a quality style game and do it all remotely from one another with the occasional conference here and there where they would see each other. But I think the first time uh, two of them met was GDC one year, but had already built the first game. It was like crazy stuff like that. So they want to really double down on that and say, pandemic or not, we just live in a time where we can do this. So if you live in Houston and you're happy there and, and your life needs you there, we are not asking you to pull all your roots up and come out here to California or the other way around. We're saying, where are you? And the, uh, modern life makes it so that we can all be together no matter what, and we can make a game. I think that's really cool, um, especially if they can pull it off. That's kind of the trick here is to see if they can pull it off. Makes um, a lot of sense to me. You know, the, the pandemic combined with just how much better <laughs> internet connections have gotten uh, in, in recent years. It's just like there's really... Nothing you can't do from damn near anywhere, especially when it comes to work that can be done on a computer. Right, right, which is um, nearly a friend 100% of, mine of this. Last year, joined an entirely remote video game studio. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So there's there's a few of those, and there, and I think it's going to be more common. You know, will will giant, you know, will the Activisions of the world or even the Blizzards of the world? Do they, you know, do we foresee a future like that for them? Probably not. But you know, there's a size thing. There's a sort of uh, workflow that's already in place sort of thing going on. So, so probably not, but these small teams, I think this is worth experimenting with and I really want to see what they come up with. Um, one of the quotes, interesting ones from the, uh, from the CEO is this Lightforge is creating a game in a new space that has tons of potential said Dreamhaven. Oh, this is from This is from my, uh, Morheim actually. Sorry. Quote from Morheim. Dream, Dreamhaven CEO, not, yeah, not uh, Lightforge. He uh, says, uh, he says the team is full of veteran developers and I'm excited about their vision. I had a, side conversation with Metzen, uh, and he's particularly excited about this group, uh, talks of them very fondly as being a group of people that are really passionate and incredibly talented and thinks this is one to watch for, uh, for, so whatever that's worth. Um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of excitement about it. And the other thing I like is frost giant dream Haven, all these developers that are all splinter groups from the blizzard mothership they all seem to be super stoked for each other and uh second second breakfast or whatever their name is what's what's broad studio second <laughs> breakfast what is it i wish it was second breakfast second dinner second dinner sorry 
Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they were, you know, they reached out and congratulated. And, you know, there's always some of that in the industry. But in particular, you're just really seeing a lot of excitement all around for for this and for others. And I feel like it's a tipping point. This feels like a moment of uh, we're actually going to start seeing games like Bonfire always felt a little bit like a magic show with no with no end. Like, OK, well, a lot of really talented people left and Pardo had the money and can they do this? And then nothing. We've got nothing out of those guys like zip. But Dreamhaven, I don't know. I feel different about that. I feel like we might get a, a, a you know, a game. A game may happen. And the more of these that happen, the more I'm, I'm more I'm convinced that we're going to see a more actual games come out of this, and B will be able to find out who's really got the stuff or not. And it's kind of exciting. I'm stoked. Are you are you really exci- Are you really surprised though that companies made of mostly what we would consider old school Blizzard alumni are taking a long time releasing a game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, but in the case of in the case of Bonfire, I'm a little surprised they're not showing Jack. Like yeah, but but it, it, it's 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 kind of hilarious. I mean, not that Dreamhaven has shown Jack either, but they also haven't been around as long as Bonfire. Right, they need more time, I think. Uh, or they they should be allowed more time to actually tell us something. But I think what four and a half something years at Bonfire is enough. I keep <laughs> forgetting they are still a a company. <laughs> like, right. That's how long they've been around right. and not right. teased anything um, uh. other than employment positions but yeah the thing that really sticks, uh, sticks out to me about this story is that dreamhaven is investing in other studios mm. which i find fascinating mm. yeah that's true one of the many studios mentioned in the five million dollar backing uh from investors that's true um you know netties is in here galaxy interactive is in here but dreamhaven is in there and so uh, this is the first i've heard of dreamhaven investing in companies other than itself right yeah that's an interesting thing um also i'm getting a weird uh, I just went to go see when Bonfire was founded so I could get kind of a timeline for how long it's been since we've heard. But are they part of Zanga now or something? Hold on. This is weird. Who? Bon- Bonfire? Okay. Bonfire Studios, the former, the former Zanga Dallas logo as Bonfire Studios. It's now a subsidiary of Zanga. When did that happen? I do not know. That can't be right. Is this wrong? Hold on. Yeah. Bonfire Studios was a game based. Okay. After Ensemble Shoot Studios was shut down by Microsoft. And, oh, you know what this is? This is Bonfire Studios, not Bonfire Games or whatever, whatever they're calling themselves. So there's some. Oh, this here. is a different Bonfire. Different studio. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. And they're not. Okay. They're gone. They're Zanga, Zanga South, basically. So f- forget everything I just said. So Studios <laughs> is something that was taken over by Zanga. Uh, games is still. Well, according according to this, there's they are still calling themselves studios. So there's some no, there's still some confusion. Studios. Okay, so you you've had something that's older than that, I guess. It's weird, yeah. So this has been know. about ten years ago that that was dissolved. But anyway, um, they did say this. I guess this is close to announcement we got. Rob Pardo's on the record. Uh, this is a, according to GamesBeat. He said our first game is going to be PC focused game. I think it might eventually go cross platform, but it's a PC game. It's definitely much more of a core audience, and we're not uh, going to suddenly go out and make Candy Crush. It's a weird flex, isn't it? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's a weird thing to say. I mean, it. Y- you know, a lot of people have been really worried about that uh, over on the Blizzard side of things with how much focus has been on mobile. So uh, you know, you're free to say whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. This 
tracks. Yeah. This is, I think, a really good uh, blunt example of the fact that, like, just because you're at Blizzard doesn't mean you agree with everything that has been happening. That's the truth. Uh, That is a good takeaway. Uh, Real quick here, to, to get to the point I was looking this up, it was founded in 2016, so we're now five years on and no specific game announcement. Um, and three years since he made that quote. So, so I don't know what's coming out of there, but the point is, uh, okay. So bonfire, I can just remember how old it is by remembering what year I got married. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I always think of 2016 as the year after Mad Max Fury road came out. That's how I think of it. Mm. Yeah. That's how I think of now. It is now six years since Mad, Mad Max Fury road came out. Goodness gracious me. It's like AD or BC. We knew right when the thing was, you got the Jesus right there, boink, right in the middle, right? You cut it in half. AFR after Fury Road. (laughs) After Fury Road. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, but beside all of that, whether Bonfire's got anything to show or not, or whether they're the ones to keep your eye on, or whether Dreamhaven's the one because it's Mike Morheim and big money behind that and all that other stuff, whatever it is, uh, it's going to be a really interesting thing to see how this shakes out. And then the whole time we've got, you know, Riot in the same county building a next generation MMO and everyone's pretty weirded out by what that might be. And Amazon with their weird MMO. Like I feel like we're heading into a new, a new phase of what the future of MMOs looks like. Cause I got to think that whether you're, I, I, there's no way for me to know this, but all of these studios, if I was able to take a, a bird's eye view of all of them, one of them is making an MMO. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it, of these new groups. There's just no way they're not. Now, they may not succeed or may not you know, ultimately come to fruition, but I'll bet you money. It's either Dreamhaven or these guys, possibly Bonfire. Somebody's making the groundwork for a new MMO. And my point in all of that is we may be entering the next phase of what, the, what an MMO is, and everyone's going to be competing for what that is. And it might finally be time, you know, blizzards, blizzards held that title for so long and wow has been at that for so long that I feel like maybe now's the time that others come and start poking at the mooring a little more seriously and, and, and try to do what everyone tried to do in 08 and 09, but failed. And maybe they'll succeed this time. I don't know. I know. And don't email me about final fantasy 14 and ESO. Cause yes, they're examples of successful MMOs that worked around blizzard and, and, and good on them. I don't mean that. I just mean, what is the next generation? What's the fidelity of that? What is, what, what is different? What is vastly different? Like, where are we at in 10 years? That's interesting. To, to, me. to me, the the thing that's piquing my interest is, is riot. Uh, yeah. I, I stand to be proven wrong that Amazon can make a good game mm-hmm. um, or even finish a game. <laughs> but um, yeah. Riot, you know, while I've never been a big fan of any of their stuff, the quality is undeniable. Sure. They make infinitely playable games that appeal to millions of players. Right. Um, so. And lately they've done that in spades. Like originally it was, they made a game that appeals to billions of players. And now they've got multiple games that appeal to a lot of people and have done well. How quickly, too, right? Like, they had, like, one for so long, and then suddenly it's like, oh, and also Valorant, and also Teamfight Tactics. And, hey, you remember Greg Street? He's working on a new MMO for us. Yeah. Enjoy, And you can see him. Follow him on Twitter. You can see him bursting at the seams to want to tell everybody everything, but he can't. 
I can I, see. Yeah, it. he was on Twitter last night being like, oh, I just want to talk about MMOs, but I think you're going to all read into it. Yeah. I'm like, no, just let me read into it. Just talk, man. Talk. You're nuts. Yeah, let it loose. Go Some, nuts. Somebody said they'd start a fund to get him on a five hour episode of this show where we just noodle him. And I would, I would do that. <laughs> Can we? I would love to. Can we? By the way, coolest thing ever ever happened to me at a, at a nerd tech there was uh, was Greg Street going, "Oh, hey, Garrett." He's like, "Oh, God, he knows who I am." <laughs> that is coolest thing ever happened to me at a nerd tech there. He knows uh, everyone. We should, ask, you know, what? As a show right now with audience in tow, we should ask Craig. Here, let's do it. Here it goes. I'm gonna. I'm texting him now. We're gonna say. Uh, we're gonna say, "Hey, man." Hold on. This is great. Hey, man, <laughs> how cool would it be if we had you on the show sometime to just talk MMOs in general? Don't have to leak anything or talk <laughs> any wow If you're close smack. to Riot Headquarters, the sound you're hearing is the public relations alarm system going off. <laughs> Uh, let's see, medium. He and I are always trying to figure out ways to do, to talk, but this might be the one. Uh, chat about the medium itself. Um, love to hear your thoughts. Okay, so it's out tell there. Tell him you the can page. begin every statement with, uh, you know, personally, I'm just into X. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's this is thing. just my opinion, but and expand. That's why he was always off that whole totally off the leash thing was about him you know, having, having a lot to say and, and just saying it. And, 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 and in, at a time where Blizzard was less, at least, I don't know, felt like they were less open to their creators being super vocal. He still managed to do that. And I don't know what the kind of leashes they have on him at, at riot, but he's got one of the most interesting takes in the business and I'd love hearing it. So, so that may come to nothing. We'll see, but maybe he'll, maybe he'll, mm. he'll be willing. But yeah. usually we talk about, food when i text him so this will probably make him go oh all this food talk just to get me softened up so i'll come on the show that's what he'll say that's gonna be it yeah that's it well uh anyway uh well blizzard's softening us up in regards to burning crusade classic because the character clone service is now only going to cost 15 dollars scott mm, that's uh that was quite a turnaround from the what was it 34 was it 35 dollars yeah. was what they originally said it was going to cost uh the wow team referred to this as a quote-unquote course correction and continu- continued saying quote original concept of the value of this service was largely based on how we price a, uh, other optional items and services we want players to choose classic era realms to feel as though their choice comes with the possibility that they'll be able to build relationships and guilds with other players they can count on mm. however over the last week or so, we've gotten a very large amount of feedback from the community. We've decided to lower the price. A lower price will likely still accomplish our goals with the new service while allowing many more players to explore the option of playing characters in both Classic Era and Burning Crusade Classic Realms. Yep. What do you think of that? I mean, I feel like that's a better price if you're asking me just raw dollars. Um, feels, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a better price. I, I still think in my mind, there was no universe where we didn't just copy from the get go. Cause it was tech that already existed in form of the public test realm. Right. Um, yeah. In terms of the, in terms of this, the statement, this, this reeks of lip service to me. I'm like, yeah, y'all just want to make some money. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so, I mean, blowback blowback has proven in the past to, to alter course for blizzard. Sometimes it's not like they don't change their, or their, their mind sometimes quickly. 
depending on the kind of feedback they get from the industry. Um, but this is, um, I guess I'm a little surprised by how quickly, I mean, people must've really thrown a stink. I'm thinking about this more than I paid attention to. Cause I knew people, well, people uh, yeah. always throw a stink, but this must've been gnarly, you know? Well, I, you know, funny, <laughs> funny enough, uh, you know, I just talked about, you know, wow killer ending or whatever, but like, I, I think of I think of uh, Tally as a pretty level headed individual, and even he was you know even he was like yeah this is a little money grabby, yeah. So it's like to me what stuck out was was folks that I consider to be pretty pretty even keeled when it comes to conversations around stuff like this being like yeah I don't really have a defense for this one. Yeah, well it's uh, it's interesting because they they were really I I felt really put off by the price, but now I don't so. I guess mission accomplished. If most players are feeling good about that, um, someone in the chat are like nice backpedal. I mean, I don't know. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like if Blizzard did nothing to change it, you'd still be a little irritated that's, that you're going to pay it. Th- and yeah, that, that's where I'm annoyed with like certain sub sections of the community where I'm like, they did what you wanted. They dropped the price. Yeah, <laughs> like, give them a break. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um, all right. Well, good news out there for. A very small percentage of players, but I do like this about Blizzard all over the years. I love that they do this. Uh, they made it possible for more people to play their game. If you are a Windows ARM 64 player, <laughs> all right, you know who you are because you're using a, a, a Windows install on a device that runs a non-Intel-based chip, an ARM-based 64-bit chip. Uh, in Chains of Domination, they added Windows 10 ARM 64 support for World of Warcraft Shadowlands. This literally makes it possible, as they said, quote, to run WoW on Windows 10 with ARM64 devices, which has previously not been possible. And this is now testable in a new build of Chains of Domination on the PTR. They say, while our internal testing has been successful, we're looking for any unexpected issues that might arise out there. So please test the latest Chains of Domination PTR build in your Windows 10 ARM64 device and let us know. If you run into any issues in the forum thread, in particular, we expect the performance of the game to be relative to the specifications of the, de- of the device. So please feel free to tell us about your specs and how WoW performs for you. Uh, so good news if you're one of those people. Um, I'm guessing this will affect mostly like Surface, the ARM Surface buyers, people who have the ARM version of uh, the Windows Surface tablet stuff. And uh, I actually don't know what other devices besides that. I'm sure there's some third party because there always is. Um but they must have felt internally that they should support that. So that's a bigger part of the potential player base than I would have thought. Um, it's obviously not people's main way or else they wouldn't be asking people to test it on a thing if they haven't already played the game. So if there's somebody out there who's like, I only have an ARM64 device and that's all I've ever had, well, then this might be their first exposure to World of Warcraft in the first place. So so I, I don't know. But that's a small bit of news, but I thought it was interesting. This is just more about Blizzard's desire to you know, make it play on everything. Um, they, they put in M1 support for Macs as soon as those came out. I really appreciated that. Some games haven't done that, and it's to their detriment, I think, in terms of just the broadest possible appeal. I liked being able to jump back and forth, and if I'm on my Mac for a minute, go, all right, I need to pop in here and do some quick stuff, and then play more, you know, more dedicated on the PC, but it was nice to have the option. And uh, games like ESO, for example, have stopped. Well, they're not making it so you can't play it, on your Mac, but they're, they're not, they, they're not going to do much to support it. They're just like, yeah, the, you know, this takes us out of the, the, the more easy sort of, um, everything's on Intel approach that we've had here. So while it'll still run, we're not going to officially support it anymore. So, so I like that Blizzard does that. That's pretty good. 
Garrett, tell me about Torghast and why I might one day get more out of the experience than I do now. Uh, well, it is not this day, though, because oh, there, is, is, there is not going to be leveling in Torghast in 9.1, but sure sounds like there's a strong possibility of it as a 0.5 addition in a future patch. Uh, there was a recent interview with Sloot. Uh, in it, WoW lead game designer Morgan Day answered a question regarding allowing players to level up alts in Torghast. Um, this has been a pretty common request from players that enjoy the mode or just want a different way to level up. Um, but uh, essentially, Morgan Day said that while it's not planned for 9.1, uh, they do enjoy the idea and would like to see it make its way to a 0.5 patch. So uh, another potential way to get XP uh, for your alts in the future could, of Shadowlands. I could tell you I would enjoy a whole lot more Torghast if I got that out of it. I've always said, like, just give me some basics out of there that will help me uh, during short runs where, you know, you can't really save it mid run, that sort of stuff. Give me another reason to go in there than just the, you know, the weekly rewards. And some of I'd that like could to, be uh, XP. I'd like, like a consumable item that so I want to go still go get my ash on my main, but like drop XP items I can send to my alts. But yes. I just consume them and get a chunk of XP or something. Yes, or a lot more gold or in this case, XP. Give me some XP. And yes, if you yeah. could give it to your alts, that's even cooler. Like some way to pass the XP on to your alts is a great idea. But even if it just meant... Like, I, uh, was it in, uh, well, I guess it was in the last expansion, you could you could go to islands and, and level a character entirely through islands, although you never had a good weapon the whole time. But um, that was a thing you could do. I think they should just let you do that here. That might mean you're yeah. going to have to drop some gear. But It certainly uh, seems like what Morgan Day is alluding to, which is like, hey, take your 51 in there and yeah. level up. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. That would actually drive me in there again, I think, because right now I, I cannot do Torghast. <laughs> I gave it my best, everybody. Well, not my best. I gave it as much as I was willing to give it. And I just got. I'm saying, did you? Did I, you? Yeah. There's no best, but it's 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 sometimes your best isn't good enough, as the song taught us a long time ago. Whoever sang that, how's that go? Hold on. Sometimes your best isn't good enough. Do you know what song I'm talking about? I have no idea, Scott. <laughs> I can't help you with this one. I'm thinking of simply the best. Simply at the, the best. That's a good one too. Uh, Which, very, um, very nice. Hey, you guys! Time to ca- talk about our our good friends, our pals, if you will, <laughs> at HelloFresh. I love HelloFresh because HelloFresh is so good. So it's great cooking with HelloFresh. First of all, it's America's number one meal kit, and they are offering you twelve free meals, including free shipping when you go to HelloFresh.com/slash/wow12, and you can use the code Wow12. To get those 12 free meals. They offer 25 recipes. More than that actually. 25 plus. Featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients that you'll never get bored of. So try something new every week. And eating healthier has never been an easier thing to do right now. With low calorie, low low carb, or carb smart even. Vegetarian and pescatarian options each and every week. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips. So you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. Man, that's good for me. HelloFresh has already donated over 4 million meals to charity in 2020. And now they're stepping up food donations to local communities and the food insecurity crisis from the pandemic. I love that they're involved in cool stuff like that. That's awesome. So go to HelloFresh.com slash WOW12 and use the code WOW12 for 12 free meals. 
including free shipping. Do it today. You shall not regret it. And I want to thank our friends at Amazon Pharmacy. Amazon Pharmacy is awesome. They make it easier for you to order prescriptions and have them delivered straight to you at your door. The process is simple, saves you both time and hassle. No more waiting in line at the pharmacy. Oh my gosh, that that's enough for me. I hate lines at the pharmacy. Instead, just have your doctor's office send your next, next prescription straight to Amazon Pharmacy and you receive it delivered straight to your door. And it works with most insurance plans nationwide. That's important. I've had nothing but good experience with this. We started doing this, and it's been amazing. The convenience factor alone is worth it, but also, we're not paying anymore, and I don't have to go to the pharmacy. It just shows up. And that's fantastic. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash WowRx. That's Amazon.com slash WowRx. All right, well, well done. Now time for our main quest. Garrett and I thought it would be fun to talk about Burning Crusade classic in a way that is not the normal way. We're not going to talk a bunch about gameplay systems or uh, some of the normal things you might talk about when it comes to vanilla and progression. Instead, uh, both of us coming from an art background, looking at what that expansion meant in terms of the aesthetic of WoW moving forward. And the art and tone of the Burning Crusade is a really interesting one. Basically, it, it introduces, in a way, uh, a much more um, in front of you uh, graphical way of what their demon aesthetic was going to be versus what we get in Warcraft 3 and, you know, previous RTS efforts. And WoW was like, oh, this is, you know, I'm in WoW. I'm, I'm right up front with everything, everything. I can see it up close. And we finally got a real taste of what, their space demons uh, were going to be and what that was going to do to set that apart from other games, including their own Diablo. Like this was always an interesting juxtaposition for me in the game, in the Blizzard games was, um, you know, I remember at the time hearing, okay, well, we're going to go back to the Legion and they're going to come and it's going to be bad and we're going to go to Outland and all this stuff is going to happen. But I always felt like a slight disconnect between that and what Diablo was, which was much more of a, uh, good old fashioned hell versus uh, heaven sort of arrangement. And it, as such the demons and even Diablo himself and the other prime evils, they were, they were much more sort of um, kind of the upside down cross variety of demonology, right? Like just a little bit more straight down that path and uh, certainly more violent and bloody and all that. And, uh, but the burning legion, very different take. You know, they're, they got orky ears. <laughs> they have obviously a very different history and origin. It's almost like aliens combined with uh, a little bit of zombie in there. And it's a big contrast from other uh, kinds of, of sort of stuff. Like ESO's got Daedra, you know, and they're, again, very sort of heaven and hell sort of things. They've got a new expansion coming out soon. Yeah. It's like grounded, I think, is kind of the word. It's grounded as like actual freaking demons from hell can be. Yeah, right. Like it's very kind of steeped in like a traditional, like almost Catholicism idea of what a demon is. Yeah, like Whereas, old, like those old paintings and tapestries and drawings from like the... I don't know, 1400s where demons are, you know, they were all horned and looking like goats and 
you know, they they definitely pull more from that, whereas WoW seemed to pull from something totally different and made it unique, I think. I mean, in, in terms of like the kinds of uh, sort of demon aesthetics in other games, I feel like the WoW one stands on its own. Um, maybe it's all the green light. <laughs> I don't know because <laughs> you know. it's. I mean, it's very it's very Warhammer esque. There's yeah. there's a big 40k influence there. Um, but but at the time, Burning Crusade was a huge departure from what Vanilla World of Warcraft was. Right. Uh, aesthetically speaking, you know, there was like little hints of it here and there. You know, you could there were certain zones where you go into and go fight demons, but. Uh, having this, having this, you know, colorful high fantasy MMO suddenly be like, we're going to space and walking through and seeing like for me, when I think of Burning Crusade, the first thing that pops in my mind is the sky boxes. Like it looks like an airbrush painting on the side of a van from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was just so, it was just such a departure from yeah. vanilla. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge. That's a really good point. Like a um, one of those custom minivans. Those are so rad. With like all I just the remember, I remember seeing BC previewed and just being like, "What the hell are they doing?" Yeah, like because I didn't. I only played Warcraft three, and I like I knew there was demons and stuff, but uh, all of the original like going beyond the dark portal stuff that was in Warcraft two. I didn't play that. Right. So so this was very new to me, and also like you got to remember at the time like. When Vanilla came out, like we were just coming down off of like the Lord of the Rings trilogy wrapping up and we had a very traditional sense of what high fantasy was. And so <laughs> for the first for the first sequel to World of Warcraft or the first expansion to be like just like space goats. Yeah. yeah. And and blonde elves. It was it was wild. It was totally wild. Well, the thing that really hit me with that expansion, though, from a, uh, an aesthetic point of view, was the, the just the sheer biome diversity in the zones. And there was already this cool thing in World of Warcraft where, uh, you know, traveling between two zones was not only seamless and no load screens, but it was really cool to pull around a corner and suddenly you're in Silver Pine Forest and you're like, whoa, this is nothing like the place I just came from. So WoW already had that that sense of wonder and, and, and an excitement about exploring the world. But specifically in this expansion, maybe more than any of them, um, it really had the contrast because going from Hellfire Peninsula to Mushroom Town is still a shocking experience. It's just like I've gone from this huge cracked earth flame. Everything's on fire, probably 112 degrees everywhere you go. Kind of Hellfire Peninsula kind of zone. And you go from that, that horrendous sort of dark scarred desert. And then you walk into the most lush, humid, (laughs) mushrooms strewn everywhere kind of zone like Zangermarsh. It is a hell of a thing to experience that. And that's when I went, Oh, all right. So this expansion is really uh, experimenting with like how I'm going to feel in different places. And when I get to blades edge mountains, it's going to be a very different feeling and experience. When I get to the grand and see those floating islands with waterfalls, I'm going to lose my mind in there because that aesthetic is its own amazing thing and stands the, apart so so starkly God. in contrast to those other zones. I yeah, by that. the time you got to Nagrand, it it, it it was so gorgeous. Like, because you step through the dark portal and uh, Hellfire Peninsula is just overwhelming with how uninviting it looks. Yeah, yeah, uh, and is frankly, I mean, you're just trying to kill those damn boars if you, if you weren't <laughs> if you weren't raid geared, it was, was tough. But yeah, it. 
it's 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 so interesting because like how many times have you heard me talk about how like orcs like how much I don't like Warlords of Draenor? Yeah, right. Like yeah. and and just like how this like the entire expansion of nothing but orc aesthetic just just kind of bored me to tears. Yeah. Um, Burning Crusade was the most interested I'd ever been in orcs, and I think the most interested I've ever been since. Because again, as someone who didn't know that much about Atlant lore until Burning Crusade, um. Like all I kind of knew was like, ah, this is where the orcs are from. Right. And I remember walking through the dark portal and laying eyes on Hellfire Peninsula going, oh, that's, that's why they're so pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is where they came from. Oh my God. It's, it's what a, what a literal hellscape. Yeah. Um, it's gnarly. And you and, see those red ones, uh, the red orcs, forgot what they're called. The fell orcs. Fell orcs. Dude. I remember thinking, please let me play one of those one day. I still want to play. Yeah. One. And, and it was such like, and I, I, I'm still not really, I, I read more quest text now as I've gotten way more in the wild lore and in, in, in my later years. But back then I didn't read Jack. I grabbed a quest, looked for cardinal directions, like skim the quest text. Like, yeah. where am I going? Northwest, Southeast. Cool. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I didn't read Jack. And so like visual, just like the visual storytelling of hellfire peninsula where you like, you go through the dark portal and you're fighting fell orcs and they're, they're scary looking. They got spines growing out of their back. And then eventually you find the Magar orcs up in the corner. Like you find the original, like Brown orcs chilling in a, in a camp up there. Yeah. I remember just thinking that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. It's like, wait, Oh, these are like OG orcs. Like they're not, they're not green and they're not like the, the crazy red jerks that have been trying to murder me and drink my blood every step I take. Sure. Uh, like it's just, there's such cool visual storytelling going on in outland. Um, and it, like, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised cause, cause the, the vanilla continents have a lot of variants. They do. They do. But, but burning crusade just like took it and just ran and cranked everything up to 11. Um, it's like, it's like if a laser light show at the planetarium was actually cool. Well, and that's funny you say that. Cause I think to this day, um, I wish I could say this about Shadowlands because I think there's some neat diversity there. Um, and it comes close, but I think the, at least the feeling I had on day one of Burning Crusade hasn't left me uh, and in a way is still the most impressed I've been. Even just walking out of that portal and seeing what I was seeing, which was a whole lot of fighting and a lot of BS going on around me, but also just this vast, horrible desert, which I visited recently when I was alt leveling and went out there and did one of the timeline levels out there. And, uh, you know, not quite the same experience, didn't have the the same, you know, sort of excitement attached to it, but it's still impressive. It's still really impressive. And even with graphical fidelity being what it is in the newer expansions and view distance being improved and all that other stuff, it's still something to see. And the just moving like is anger marsh alone to me is worth the trip. I'm not sure I've ever been more blown away by a zone or at least this feeling of I've just moved into a very alien space and now I'm going to be in here for a good 10 levels and it's going to be great. And I can't wait. Like I loved being there. Shadow moon Valley kind of similar, similar vibe. I couldn't believe that place just boggled my mind how purple and dark and rad it was. And, um, and yeah, like it's, it's all, you know, a lot of it comes down to many voices of blizzard, I'm sure. But I remember this was very early days for Chris Robinson, who, uh, we were able to have on the 2018 BlizzCon stage for the Q and a that year, uh, the previous year, he was part of our little instance round table with, uh, Patrick and Pat and myself. And, uh, 
it was awesome to to hear him talk. But this is about when he joined. He joined around 2006 and was put in charge of kind of that expansion's character art. So those red orcs, those brown orcs, that just kind of that overall aesthetic of characters and monsters and mobs. Um, he had a huge hand in that stuff. And he's still there uh, rocking that thing. But I think we owe him a bunch of uh, credit for the stuff we're talking about. I think he probably had a huge voice in that. Difficult to say for sure, but uh, we know he has sense and continues to do in the game. But really, really cool. The guy worked on the Bard's Tale games and the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring stuff, and uh, he's still there coordinating art. So uh, I just wanted to give oh my a hats God. off. Bard's Tale is a game I have not thought of <laughs> since I was watching X Play on G Four. Yeah, man, I love Bard's <laughs> That's the Tale. Last time I heard, I heard the words Bard's Tale, there's a newish one. The Bard's Tale Four, I guess, is supposed to be real good. Really? Yeah. yeah. I. I That's don't know. Cool. It's on Game Pass, I think. I might I might have to get in there. I've never played it, but I have very fond feelings for the original Bard's Tale. And uh there there was some there was a, a bit of a golden age of of weird fantasy games in the early aughts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a it was a very interesting time. Um one of the things that this that got our discussion of this kind of prompted me before the show and I wanted to mention it here. There are times I wish that Blizzard was less concerned about a brand new continent to explore. I like that too, but in an expansion, if if the goal was to go back, and I don't mean in a cataclysm kind of way, but to go back and use these spaces again for meaningful content as backdrops for it. And I know they do that sometimes. Like you gotta, in this last expansion, we all had to go up to Ice Crown and do a bunch of shit with uh, Thorum and, you know, all that business up there. Or I guess that was Legion that we did all that. But, you know, having to go to old spaces that we haven't been to in a long time is one of my favorite things to do in the game, especially when there's something new to do there or I have to go there to talk to a person or I've got to go run a bunch of quests there or whatever. And it feels like that happens more in most of Azeroth and barely ever happens, if at all, in Outland. In fact, I can't think of an example where it happens in Outland. And that bums me out because I think it the modern game should go back there more. And I don't know why they don't. Maybe they don't like how things look. Maybe it's too old. Maybe, you know, I don't know. They could do just the same, but just send somebody to Pandaria for the stuff I'm talking about. But I would love to spend more time there in the retail game, uh, you know, outside of Classic. And I and I don't I don't know why they don't. Because that place is just full of rad shit. <laughs> it's just so cool. And I guess you could say, you know, Draenor is that now because that's, that's that world before its destruction. So why wouldn't you go there? And it's better yeah, fidelity and everything else. Kind but. Of my thought though, like I, I, part of me is, and this is just me talking about me and my opinions. I don't think it's like, this is inherent truth, but, but Draenor to me is like the boring version of Outland. Like mm. it's, 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 it's to me, it's the challenge of prequels. It's like, Hey, do you want to know what your favorite characters are like before they were the interesting version, you know, from the movies you love? Like, that's kind of how I feel about Draenor versus Outland. Like, a, a world that has been torn asunder by evil magic energies is, I think, just inherently more interesting than the pretty idyllic, kind of more in tune with a traditional, you know, planet. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't have I don't have quite the sour thoughts about Draenor in its in its Warlords of Draenor form. And generally speaking, I did like the orc aesthetic, but we've talked about this before because I kind of like orc stuff. 
Um, so none of that stuff really bothered me. My bigger problem was just that the tail end of that game felt empty and and boring. But the well, I mean, it was it was the fewest the fewest additional patches of any of any World of Warcraft release. Yeah, for sure. The most fun I had in there was just camping mount rare mount drops and stuff, and that's not that fun. <laughs> it turns out. Turns out sitting around I think, waiting for I thank it for the updated character models though, because damn they are pretty. Yeah, they and they hold up they've they've continued to hold up great. I zero problem with that. And we're pushing what, eight years of those models now? I think so. With a couple of exceptions that came later, but I think we're Boy, really yeah, uh, twenty fourteen, right. so eight eight years or seven and a half, Ooh. something like that. Yeah, so like <laughs> they're holding up great. I don't have that's not any of my complaints about the aesthetic of WoW these days. I don't ever go, oh, I wish these models look better. They look great. No problem with those. So uh, they built them to last, and that's great. And if they ever have to address that again, you know, maybe they can. But I guess my point is I would not turn Blizzard down if they said, hey, in patch 9.7, there's a whole quest line that'll take you, you know, a bunch of hours, and it's all in Outland. Um, and it's, you know, you're going to go talk to this NPC and that's all to level, you know, it's not like old stuff. It's, it's new content in those places. I would so do that. I would love that. And I don't know why they don't do it. MMOs in general. I wish they'd do this more. Um, ESO does a pretty good job of retreading old stuff, but, but I like I just like the idea that once you've done it, you're not just done with it and it goes away. Like that still remains important. And yeah, a reason to we visit, got a you know? lot of that in Legion with the Order Halls. Like it sent us to all corners of of the playable World of Warcraft landscape. Mm-hmm. Like especially for me, I did the the Death Knight one, and the amount of damn times it sent me back to Northrend for something. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty um, rad. But there, there, there hasn't been as much of that since since Legion. Well, um, Blizzard, listen to us, and that was something that. that Burning Crusade did really well too. Because like we had the the amount of time I spent hanging out at Karazhan in old world. Yeah. Like old world, vanilla world of Warcraft, because that was, that was a BC raid. Yeah. Right. That's true. There are a number of raids all the time. Yeah. I mean, and maybe that's why they're maybe, well, I don't know I just think outland deserves more credit than it gets. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on like hellfire in particular that they thought it was just a big wasteland of nothing. And I just disagree. I think it's so cool. Oh yeah. I'm with you. It really started, it set the tone for the whole expansion really well, and it made the more beautiful vistas that we find event uh, like later on mm-hmm. hit really hard. Yep, like really, really hard because because Hellfire is ugly and and desolate and uninviting. Yeah, and then you know moving in the Zanger Marsh and like feeling you know covered and protected by these the, the glow of bioluminescent massive mushrooms or the just how damn gorgeous waterfalls coming out of floating islands in the grand is right it pays off it does uh, they, and it, they are. like you're going through the dark portal look at that thing yeah. i don't want to go through that and see a beautiful forest hi draenor i want to go through that and have my teeth kicked in by monsters right like that's that's what i want that's and, what you want and that's what they delivered i'm excited for people who are going to see classic uh for the first time that they're, they're going to do this for the first time i know plenty of players who joined well after this um jocelyn your your co-host on tack She's she's famous for always saying, oh, I didn't get in until until Wrath of the Lich King. I never really got to see any of that stuff. She gets a chance now. She can go in there and see it for her first time. She can hear this sound for the first time. Hold on. Where is it? Here it is. She can hear that coming up from behind her, dude. I have listened to this show so long. There was a time where I was driving to college 
and that sound was played on this very program, and I swerved in lane. <laughs> That's great. That's great. You should, because it's a fell reaver, and they're pissed as shit, and they're going to step on you, and they're the worst. And unless you're a hunter, you don't have a good way out of it. So it was in a 2002 Ford Focus. Oh, very nice. But yeah, those things were scary. They were everywhere. If you heard that sound, you immediately went, and you went to get cover somewhere or get the hell out of its, you know, aggro. Uh, I lived, I, uh, the, the day the BC beta went up, uh, for classic, I, I streamed it and I legitimately died to a fell reaver. Yeah. It was a, a walk down memory lane. <laughs> well, like all memories, uh, they're worth returning to. And, uh, we hope you guys, uh, really enjoy what comes with the return of that game. And now this mr johnson i have i have questions well mr metzen we have answers we have two emails quick ones here uh neither are too huge so i thought it'd be good to put both in but anyway we get these at the instance at gmail.com marilio wrote in and says uh oh i guess his name's really john anyway says hi uh any idea where we're supposed to buy the burning crusade deluxe edition from i can't find it in the blizzard store i think that john might think that it's a physical box. It's not. They're not doing that. It's a digital deluxe version. And to get that, yeah, you it's just... entirely digital. There's nothing physical about it. Yeah. I think there may be some confusion on that end, though, because I think a lot of people are like, ooh, my chance to get the, the, the box again and, and complete my collection that I never got that one or whatever, but it's that's not what this is. This is a, a digital-only purchase, and you'll do it through the launcher. I just looked at the launcher now, and there it is. Let's pre-order now. Uh, so if you are trying to do that, that's all you got to do. But I, but I get the confusion. You're not the first person to mention it either. I think that there are a few people that saw that price tag and went, oh, that sounds like a box. It's not a box. <laughs> it's a digital box. Okay. Think of it that way. It, yeah. It's expensive, but you don't have to buy it, but it sounds like you want to. Yeah. So. If you want it, you should Go get it. it. Yeah. You should totally get it if you want it. That's what you should do. Uh, lock sauce on Airy Peak wrote in. Lock sauce. That's great. I assume he's a warlock. Anyway. Hi, all. Just want to let you know that I have been following all of Scott's sodas review, soda reviews. I, too, have been kicking the sugar thing. Major Melon Zero rocks. Even more, uh, even better with a little vodka, he says. Keep up the good work. So if I haven't mentioned it... Oh, I don't have a can here. Oh, yeah, I do. What is this? Was oh, this the excruciatingly pink Mountain Dew can? It's not. It's this... Well, I don't know. There's some pink. It's this one. Oh, well, yours is a zero sugar. Okay, I've seen the regular version of this, and it is delightfully, like, just day glow pink. Oh, like, is it? Okay, can. that makes sense that yeah. it would be ridiculous, because this is definitely darker. Um, I've gotten hooked on these. <laughs> <laughs> I really like them. It's the zero sugar uh, version of it, but it's major melon. It basically tastes like watermelon, and that may sound terrible. I understand, and I get it. They somehow got it right, and I could drink these all day. I don't, but I could. I drink maybe I one a day. Yeah, they're they're that very sounds, good. That sounds wonderful. Whenever I think of uh, diet soda, the only time the only diet soda I will drink on purpose is Diet Dr Pepper. Well, that's not a bad combo either. Or Diet Dr Pepper actually, they have a cherry version of that that I really like, and I also like Ooh. Dr Pepper Zero. The Zero can't formulas do, can't do cherry sodas. No cherry. Oh no, it's just like pouring Robitussin in my in my my soda. Eh, you're not wrong. Like it. You're not wrong. Well, about I'm, that. Not, I'm not a fan of artificial cherry flavor, but yeah. Um, yeah, it is funny. I have a very I have like a sense memory of Diet Dr Pepper because the first time I ever had it was uh, MLG Columbus. I was out I was out there for Starcraft Two with Kyle yeah. back in the Starcast days. Yeah, and uh, they just had troughs of free Diet Dr Pepper. 
Like wow. every five feet you walked, there'd just be this ice cooler just full of them. Just you want one, grab it. And I'd, you know, I'd be into it. I was, it. Like, I was 23. I was broke as hell. I'm <laughs> just <laughs> slugging these things down. Uh, well, you can do that when you're 23 because your body don't care. Just yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to it. think. There was a demo for, I think it was Firefall there at the yeah. time, which yeah. if that's not a, a sign of the times, I don't know what is. Uh, errors or Xzorin in the chat says the, the you never see a can of Mountain Dew uh, in the shops around the UK. Uh, are they banned in the EU or not? Even say UK, the EU. I don't know. Is is Mountain Dew considered a um, a controlled substance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't they know. They don't want the, you there to keep kids off Dew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got It's a gateway drug to, I guess, other caffeinated beverages. I don't, I don't know. know. A- amp energy drink. Yeah, Jolt from my day. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, thank you for the emails, guys. The email address to use and use it on the frequent. We'd love to get them. The instance at gmail.com. That's the instance at gmail.com. Before I, we go, I, I, I'm oh, going to yeah. end by uh, saying, uh, John, who our first email emailer, I did just go to the Battle That Store and I can't find the damn thing. Oh, so really? It's right here. I'm on sure the... it's on there somewhere because I know I've been to the page when I was checking out pricing, but I may have accessed it dur- through the launcher. Um, so, yeah, you I That's think you're onto something, John. I think it might not be very easy to find. Interesting point. Um, let me rerun run the thing. And where did I just see it? Maybe it's the launcher only, and it's just not in the store. Because that would be funky. There's got to be a store listing, but it doesn't appear to be like forward facing. Um, and even when I filter by Wow, I'm not seeing it. So all right, let's see. Oh, this thing's a little crunchy because it's running in emulation. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Come on, launch, launch, launcher. Uh, I shouldn't have closed it before. Well, anyway, I can promise you it's on there. I did see it there, but yeah, weirdly, not in the store. You're right. Yeah, it's not easy to find. That's for sure. Blizzard, what y'all? What are y'all doing? It's yeah, all, it's I almost- apologize. <laughs> I accused you of uh, of money grabbing earlier, and clearly you're you're not you're not going for the money as hard as you could. No, because I can't find this product. Garrett takes it all back. Um, yeah, I'll take, take some of it back. A little all bit. Right. Some of it's fine. Hey, uh, <laughs> before we go, quick uh, note about a few things going on outside the show. Uh, Garrett, anything going on people should check out this week? Oh, yeah. Hey, Scott, um, you know that game, Here's the Storm? Heard of it. It's great. Love it. Uh, it's It just got a massive patch put up on its PTR, Whoa. which uh, means it's going to get more updates uh, so far in 2020 than Overwatch or World of Warcraft combined. <laughs> wow. That's amazing because it feels like Heroes of the Storm got pushed to the little kids table, but yet you're telling me content is forthcoming. Here's the thing about Heroes of the Storm. We were used to updates about every month and a half. So when we have to wait two months in between updates, it feels like the end of time for us. However, in other Blizzard games, you just don't get updates. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, there's a, a massive, massive patch on the PTR right now. It's not confirmed for next week, but we're expecting it to hit next week. And Kyle and I went into deep detail about all the ways that this is going to drastically shake up the Heroes of the Storm meta uh, on Into the Nexus. So if you're not already listening to Into the Nexus and you like Heroes of the Storm, uh, this most recent episode is particularly good uh, because we didn't get very number crunchy. We tried to keep it conversational and take kind of a bird's eye view of which heroes are getting hit and how we think it's going to kind of shake up the heroes that you want to bring in to fulfill the roles that you like playing. Nice. Uh, I need to play heroes this week i haven't touched it in a couple weeks oh, let's do it man the game's great see you sunday sometime i'll love, send you a text love that great game it's so good my problem is that freaking mass effect game just came out and i think i might play it 
I think. Dude, oh, I don't want to spend the 60 bucks on Mass Effect again. I know, but see, here's my trick. But I didn't play the first game at all, so already I'm a third off. And then, uh, what's oh, and then three, I didn't finish. So it's like I'm getting all three again. You didn't finish three? No, I didn't get quite to the I mean, end. It's not great, but it plays really well. I so think I'd listen to all the hate and I got and I backed off. You I, should still finish it. It's, 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 it is disappointing, but it's worth finishing. Well, I'm absolutely, I mean, I say absolutely. It's still sitting there waiting for me to say yes or not, but I've installed Listen, it. On let, my- me t- let me, here's, here's how I, I, I would like to warp your mind to enjoy three. All right. All right. The actual ending is talking to your crew for the last time. Yeah. Don't, don't put too much stock in the ending ending. Okay. The real ending is, is getting one last chance to, to talk to your crew. Man Shep or Fem Shep? Which way? I went with Man Shep. Uh, Everyone always tells me go, go, go Fem Shep. And I, and I don't, and I don't know. I, 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 I that's just how I play video games. I don't make ladies. I never do. It's not a problem with, I love ladies. And if your game is nothing but a lady, like it's uh tomb Raider. Great. I don't have a problem with that. That's, that's wonderful. But if you're saying, Hey Scott, customize your character. I always make a dude world of Warcraft, all of it. I always make dudes. So in while I'm all over the place, but in something where I'm role playing and yeah. like playing a character. Yeah. I, I usually make a male. I think I'm making them dude. Yeah. Cause I'm making, I'm, I'm role playing. And it's okay if you want. Listen, if you want to role play as a lady, go for it. I'm just. I think I. I think I'm making manship. It's happening. It's happening. It's it's happening. As a matter of fact, I think I lost my save from one, and I was so annoyed I just rolled with the default shepherd for two and three. Yeah. And I like looking at guys' butts. Oh wait, I've said too much. Well, <laughs> listen. Both versions of shepherd, they do not skip leg day. No, they don't. Plus, I want to. I want to. Um, well, I guess I could do a, a lady on lady a romancing of what's her name. Um, I can't think of her name. I like her though. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I did. I love two. You got to understand. Two is one of my favorite games of all time. Like same. It's so good. Two, two is 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 a a perfect, almost a perfect game in my mind. Right. But the beauty is this thing unifies the three in such a way, including all the DLC and everything. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I know. Which there's was DLC released three all that over I heard was really good that I never played. Yeah, and, and there's some that you couldn't get. If you, if you were on PlayStation 3, there was DLC you would never got. If you were on Xbox, there was some DLC you never got. If you're on PC, there's a ton of stuff you never got. And so this is like this unified final cut of all of it. And then stuff's been brought in line to play. Everything plays more like two, like the center reached out. Yeah, I want, oh, I want to play one with good combat. That sounds awesome to me. I'm sorry. Ah, I'm sorry. Scott, Scott, you're talking me into it. You're talking. I've been trying to decide between this or Resident Evil, but at the moment, I just kind of want a really relaxed game to play on the couch. So I'm leaning more towards Mass Effect. That's where I'm at. I want to do this on my just, Series I X. I just want to lay on the couch with my three Chihuahuas. Yep. And not get stressed out. Yep. Somebody already bought me uh, a copy of uh, Resident Evil so that I'll have a, a live scream. And yes, I spelled it right. Scream. Uh, which starts on Monday. If you want to catch that, by the way, it's at 4 p.m. on Mondays until I beat that game. That's going to be terrible. But uh, the, uh, the, yeah, I think we've just convinced each other to maybe spend $59 on something. I don't know. Uh, All right. What else is happening? Uh, The instance.net is our website. You are encouraged to go there and get whatever you need because it's all there. All our archives, all our stuff, contact us, blee, blah, blam, blam. It's all there. And uh, you're, uh, as always, uh, encouraged to use it at at your will. Uh, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter. Garrett's at Garrett Art. I'm at Scott Johnson. You can find the show at Instance Show. And you can find more shows, I'm told, at frogpants.com, which I would also highly recommend you doing. Thank you for listening, everybody. That's going to do it for us. 
We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.